This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Wow, we are back in off of an overnight flight from Munich, Germany to the Tampa Bay area. Still happy, still celebrating an historic win in Europe, in Germany. The first ever regular season game goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 21-16 over their expansion brother franchise, the Seattle Seahawks. Both teams came in together in 1976. They play the first ever regular season game on German soil and... Donka, uh, thank you. Thank you very much. The Buccaneers will take a much-needed win and get to 5-5 five and five on the season. We are ready to recap it all. I am only the slightly rested host. Full disclosure, all-night flight from Munich. I'm in on Monday putting the podcast together Monday morning to get it out as quickly as possible. To who? To you, the audience. Thank you for finding me. However you did so, through a social media link, through the Buccaneers mobile app, Buccaneers.com. Uh, wherever you get podcasts, you can search nothing but Bucks. You will find us. Thank you for doing so because we're here in the recap mode no matter what. And this show is proof of that. I mean, folks, we did not leave uh, Munich, Germany uh, yesterday until right around uh, about 4 p.m., 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. Flew all night on about a nine-plus-hour flight, give or take, from Munich and landed just after 2.30 in the morning, flying all evening while you were watching the late NFL games, the Sunday night game. We were flying, flying, flying. When all the recaps had happened and you all had gone to bed, we're flying, flying, flying. But look, it's a labor of love. We got in. Uh, I rolled in uh, once we got through the quick customs check and, and got back and got home and got in the bed and got maybe about four hours sleep, but I'm here. I have posted because I wanted you to get this podcast, a recap with all the highlights. You're going to hear Gene and Dave on all the calls, and I'm part of that broadcast as well. Coming up here, Julio Jones' touchdown, Devin White's big plays, uh, obviously uh, Rashad White with highlights as well. Just a tremendous performance overall by this Buccaneer team to go there to Germany and get the win over a really good Seattle team that had been rolling and the Bucs, the Bucs have definitely said now to the rest of the NFL, certainly the rest of the NFC, we can play with anybody in the NFC right now. And that, that game yesterday demonstrates it against a Seattle team that was leading the NFC West, that had already beaten the Giants, one of the top teams in the East. Give, uh, give the Buccaneers credit, especially up front in this game. More on that in a few minutes. You're going to hear post-game conversations, too, as I talked with Chris Godwin, who had the big touchdown catch, his first one of the year in the third quarter that proved to be the difference in the game. Rashad White, his 100-yard rushing game is the first in nine games. The Buccaneer run game got back on track, and it's no coincidence that a lot of what the Bucs wanted to do on offense got rolling as well because they were getting significant gains on first down, on second down, getting third down conversions. Look at the difference when you can sustain drives with the run game actually helping you. And the Bucs did vary a couple of things up. And we're going to get into that. The self-scout, the adjustments we've been talking about on Nothing But Bucks, we're going to get into that as the show goes on. You're also going to hear a special conversation that I had with NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. That was on our pregame coverage, and I know a lot of you, it was very early on Sunday. Everybody's trying to get up and around in the Tampa Bay area, have breakfast, get the kids fed, go off to church, come back and catch the rest of the game in the second half after church, etc. <clears throat> so you may not have heard me talking with the longtime NFL commissioner about the NFL in Germany. We'll bring you that entire conversation here on Nothing But Bucks after we have the fun of the highlights, the postgame interviews. You're going to hear from Coach Todd Bowles. 
uh, and more. You're going to hear from Tom Brady, from Julio Jones. A lot of offense. A lot of offense in this game. And a lot of offensive uh, interviews after this game. So you're going to hear from all that. You'll hear from the commissioner as well. And I want to give you some insight on being around Munich and what it was like at that Buccaneer pep rally the other night, what it was like in Bayern Munich Stadium, Allianz Arena, as it's known. Electric is the quick word to sum it up. It was it was like an NFL postseason or Super Bowl atmosphere. And I believe even more so than what uh, what Wembley and Tottenham Hotspur have become because this was the first game there with tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of American football fans that live in Germany, let alone the people that came from out of country, from the rest of Europe, much less the United States, Buccaneer and Seahawk fans. They have a ton, and by a ton, I don't mean 27. I don't mean 6,000. They have a ton of American football fans in Germany, and they showed out big time. So we're, we're here to recap all of it, the atmosphere. I'll give you some insight on what I saw. Again, a theme as we come your way the day after these games. I mean, we're not going to have a Nothing But Bucks podcast after the bye week this week. We come your way Mondays after Sunday games. The next one will be against the Cleveland Browns. We'll be here Tuesday after the Monday night game after that with the New Orleans Saints. When we come in here to give you the recap and the analysis and the insight on this, uh, I'm going to give you what I think, what I see, and what I understand. And I am here to testify that right now through 10 games, The Buccaneers are not all the way back. There are still flaws that have to be fixed and things that have to be tightened up. I mean, look at the fourth quarter. They allowed Seattle to make some plays and get back in the game. But guess what? For any of the nitpicking critics, the keyboard warriors that uh, that don't come around, that just sit in the basement with their Cheetos and, and type away, you go beat a team like Seattle, however you did, you're sending a statement to the rest of the NFL, huh, something may be going on here. Brady may have it back together. Oh, look at Julio Jones running on the highlights. Oh, look at Devin White after all the criticism. And again, your heart goes out to Devin, who lost his father last week. Uh, He's been playing, obviously, with that stress and that situation, and that may explain some of it. Buccaneers stood by him. Tom Brady stood up for him. Look at Devin White. And look at the difference on Devin White when Akeem Hicks is there next to Vita Vea to be able to free he and Levante David up to go make plays because those guys are going to go make plays. And Akeem Hicks was hurt for a lot of the first part and middle part of this season, but has now been back the last couple of games. And look at Devin White all over the field when he doesn't have blocker after blocker all over him. Yes, you got to fight off those blocks and get around them, but man, he was everywhere on Sunday. So we're going to get into the full highlights of the Seahawks win, get the interviews, the conversations uh, with the players after the game, with Coach Todd Bowles, who was elated. I can tell you that after the game. Uh, He was elated with the way this team played. Go get the win. Go take the win. Still in first place. Still in control of your own destiny, folks, to win the division and get in the playoffs. And that's all you want right now. No one is going to remember if your record is 9-8, 10-7, 11-6 if you do damage in the playoffs and you win a couple of playoff games. That's, I mean, that's the idea now. Just get in. And go do damage and see how far you can go. Just like in 2020 where you got in the playoffs with an 11-5 and season, as the years go on, people aren't going to remember 11-5 and as, as much as they are. Road win at Washington, road win at New Orleans, road win at Green Bay, hello. And you win the Super Bowl at home. That's what they're going to remember. They remember what you did in January. Get there. Get there. Find a way to get there. And that's what the Buccaneers are about. All right, let's get there. Let's set the scene for what it was like at Allianz Arena, Munich, Germany. Again, a very historic city where they had the uh, the famous 
uh, Munich Olympics back in 1972 that was uh, famous for a lot of oddities and the, and the horrible uh, tragedy involving the Israeli athletes and coaches that were taken hostage and eventually murdered by Arab terrorists. I can tell you that Gene Deckerhoff, our play-by-play voice, Bill Hunt, our statistician and I, the three of us went and, and saw that whole scene, that whole village, and walked around for about three hours on Saturday being tourists. Very moving at that memorial right by the Olympic Village where those hostages were taken. They have a memorial with videos, with the wall. It's very well done. Horrible time. Horrible time for Munich. Horrible time for the Olympics with the Palestinians and the Israelis. Uh, and, and, the, and the battle between the Arabs and the, and the Jews continues even to this day. It's very sobering to stand around there and realize all of this really happened, even though it was 50 years ago. Never mind the fact that I know a lot of the Buccaneer travel party, I did not, went to uh, one of the concentration camps, uh, one, of the, one of the death camps for the Jews that was near Munich. The awful, horrific history of the middle of the last century in Germany that they've tried to overcome after the United States and the Allies defeated the Germans in World War II. So there is so much history to go around and see. And we had a blast after being at the Olympic Village, going into downtown Munich, the Hofbra House, uh, where the Buccaneer pep rally. There had to be a 1,000 or more Buccaneer fans inside and a bunch more trying to cram outside that Hofbra House. It was wild. They were singing. Uh, the, yells, the yelling of Tampa Bay was going on. The beer steins everywhere. That was some scene Saturday. And now we take you to Sunday and what was a wild scene four hours before the game. We knew this was coming. We knew there were dedicated German football fans, Americans that were over there. There were, there were easily 20,000 Seahawk and Buccaneer fans in that crowd. But I'm here to tell you that half the crowd is probably German locals, German, German citizens, Germans, Europeans that just wanted to come and watch. And there were easily thirty or 40,000 people on the grounds outside that Bayern Munich football stadium, the soccer stadium, four hours before the game. When they opened the doors a couple of hours before the game, everybody came rushing into their seats to soak all this in with the pregame entertainment. I can tell you an hour before the game, every seat was full. And Buccaneer fans, you can take a page from that. Because if you have bought your tickets, if you have had your tickets... If you have your tickets, get in the stadium. Get in your seat. Be in your seat before the game begins. Be electric and be roaring because it was that way in Munich. And I realize it's a first-time thing, the novelty of it. Everybody wanted to soak up the pregame concert from whoever that rapper was in the white outfit. He was right near me. I don't know who that was to this second. He was performing with his dancers and his crew out on the field. So everybody got hyped up. They played the national anthems of the United States, of Germany. Uh, the German crowd, as we expected, roaring the German national anthem. Then you don't, you know, we're not in the NFL anymore. We're not in the United States anymore. We're not, we're not in Tampa or Seattle anymore. So then the game kicks off, and the Buccaneers and uh, the Seahawks uh, meeting up here in what is a very, very important game, especially for the Buccaneers trying to get back to 500. And early on, all the talk had been about Geo Smith and all the plays he's been making, and. Uh, five games with a QBR rating of 100 or better. One of the storylines of the season where well, the Bucks got after him early on in this game and set the tone defensively. Looking to throw, pressured by Toyota, Toyunka. He gets him by the, he sacks it back at the 20, 15-yard line. Joe Tryon, Toyunka, close but no cigar a week ago, gets the first sack in Europe. Joe Tryon Shoyinka, who grew up in Seattle, Washington, watching Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett and Bobby Wagner and all the Super Bowl Seahawks. There he was getting a sack in the first 
quarter of a game against the Seahawks as a University of Washington star, the former Buccaneer number one pick. I saw Joe at the airport Saturday night, and I said, Seattle, Seattle represent against the Seahawks. He said, you got it. Uh, he was thrilled for that, and you can imagine why. All right, Ryan Suckup had missed a field goal earlier in the game from 55 yards. And let me say this about the turf. You saw Buccaneer fans. Uh, you saw the Buck players slipping on the turf. Uh, it was colder. It was damp. You got You got to have the longer cleats on to be able to stand up, and I really think it affected on the long field goal. Suckup getting used to that turf. He kicked in pregame, but it got darker. It got cooler. He didn't hit it well and missed it wide to the right. It looked like it had the distance to get over the bar, but he missed it wide to the right, and that's been a rarity uh, for Suckup on not being able to get a ball there or hit it cleanly. So the game remained nothing-nothing, but the Buccaneers went on a march. And this is this is where the run game began to roll with Leonard Fournette, with Rashad White. You saw this team getting chunks of yardage on first down, on second down, repeatedly making plays against the, uh, the Seahawks front seven. And give credit where it's due, Donovan Smith, Nick Leverett, Robert Hainsey, Shaq Mason, Tristan Wirfs were opening up holes over and over again. So let's get into the fifth drive of the game because it was the fifth drive of that game where the Buccaneers got rolling. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of of what was there on the play-by-play sheet that we don't necessarily have a highlight of. This began uh, late first quarter and into the second quarter as uh, Rashad White got 10 yards on second and seven to help tenderize the uh, the Seahawks. And then on a third and one, Rashad White got eight yards through the middle, slamming it through the middle. The holes were there. Uh, then Brady over the middle to Cameron Brake. Then Leonard Fournette up the middle for six yards. Then Fournette off right guard on third and two gets seven yards. So the Bucks just continue to pound the ball to get out of their own end. And then eventually in the second period, that would lead to this. Third down and about 10 and a half needed. Buccaneers need to reach the Seahawks 21-yard line. From just inside the chalk of the 32, far side hash, shotgun look great. He takes a low snap, drops back though. Underneath, caught ball at the 25, to the 20. It's Julio Jones to the 10, five, touchdown Tampa Bay. Buccaneers take the 6-0 lead. Julio Jones, second touchdown as a Buccaneer. Julio Jones with the first ever touchdown in a regular season game in Germany. Hello, that's the answer to the trivia question. I don't know if the ball is headed to Canton in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but that catch and run, as Gene called it, makes history from 31 yards out and put the Bucks in the lead. That's the first time ever in four international games that the Bucks have even had the lead, losing to Brady and the Patriots in 2009, losing to Jay Cutler and the Chicago Bears in 2011, and losing to the Carolina Panthers in 2019, as the Buccaneers did. Uh, I'm trying to remember, was that Kyle Allen, I think, at quarterback with Christian McCaffrey after uh, Cam Newton had been hurt? To lose those three games, but not even have the lead in any of them. Much less a first quarter lead, and then you built on that first quarter lead. Well done by the Buccaneers. All right, so then the defense continues to show up, continues to show out, including... Devin White here making a play uh, on this possession. Once again, Devin White getting after the quarterback. And Smith awaits the snap. Bucks with a four-man front. Press man coverage by the corners. Dropping to throw Gino. Under pressure. He is sacked by Devin White. Wow! Right up the gut. Devin comes up with his first sack in a month. Whoa, do your dance, number 45. Ride that horsey. The former number one pick out of LSU seemed to be everywhere as he got that sack. Uh, in the second quarter, and the Buccaneers 
Uh, a defense, again, just turning it up on Geno Smith and company, and that would lead to another touchdown drive. This one 86 yards out. Buccaneer defense moving the pile, running the football. You're able on third and two to get a completion to Mike Evans uh, for five yards. Then Leonard Fournette runs for a couple of yards. The Seahawks got a penalty. Then Fournette runs around the left end for 10 yards. Uh, This was a Leonard Fournette drive. Four yards on second and seven. Brady completes to Scotty Miller for a first down. Then Brady to Chris Godwin. Then Brady to Scotty Miller. And and it looked like Scotty might be able to get in the end zone, but he leaped again when he didn't necessarily have to and kind of juggled the ball. But he hung on. And that would lead finally to a first and goal. Fournette almost got in on the first and goal from four yards out, and now second and goal, as Gene called it. Here's Brady, hands the ball off. Fournette, touchdown, Tampa Bay. Right up the gut goes number seven. And the Bucks lead 13 to nothing. Power football from the guys up front and add on Josh Wells as an extra blocker. Kate Otten is an extra blocker. Cam Brady, Co'Keefe as extra blockers being in there. The Bucs were running with authority for a 14-0 lead. Uh, and, and that's the uh, the first double-digit lead, by the way, for the Buccaneers going back to the Atlanta game when they eventually led 21 to nothing. So attitude, offensive line, those were the things that were apparent in Germany. Uh, you saw Donovan Smith. We're going to talk to him about this. He was animated out on that field. Keep feeding the run game. And that is exactly what the Buccaneers were trying to do. The Seahawks would get on the board with a field goal in, uh, in this one in the third quarter on their opening drive. The Buccaneers gave up a couple of plays to Geno Smith to the tight end over the middle, but they eventually stiffened the defense. And Jason Myers' field goal got the Seahawks on the board. Then, then back the Buccaneers would go to work on the opening drive of the second half, off the second half script. You're once again working. You're once again moving. Uh, Julio Jones with a catch. You later find Cade Otten with an 8-yard catch. You later find Chris Godwin with an 18-yard catch. Godwin showed some explosiveness, was able to make some plays. Now, earlier on this drive, you had used Leonard Fournette in the shotgun for a 7-yard run out of the Wildcat formation. That was telling because four plays later, first and 10 at the Seattle 22, and the Bucks try to get tricky. Now Brady shifts over to the left again. You look at the shotgun look with Leonard Fournette accepting the snap. He will run to his right, looks toward his left, throws toward Brady, open, it's intercepted, picked off at the five-yard line. My goodness, a trick play backfires. Fournette's pass is intercepted as he was looking for Tom Brady. It turns out Brady uh, tripped up uh, Woolen, the defensive back, who might have had a long gain after that, so the penalty ended up being worth it there to trip him up. I mean, he might have gotten to the 40 or maybe even to midfield on that side of the field. And look, it's a double-edged sword. So many people have been critics calling in on sports radio or all over social media on the internet about where's the variety, where's something new, something different on the offense. I can tell you the Buccaneers have been working on this for a couple of weeks. With Fournette, I I have this from multiple places. With Fournette as the Wildcat quarterback and trying to set up that play, run an initial play with him and the Wildcat and set up throwing the ball to Tom Brady. And you can make the argument all you want about Brady being a 45-year-old, which he is. Uh, he is not athletic enough to run down the field and out jump defensive backs, secondary people. That is a situation where Fournette, I know, I know he was told, if you turn to throw it, Brady's got to be alone. Do not throw the ball. If you turn to throw it and there's anybody over there, do not throw it. Just hang on to it, run, take the loss. Because remember, that's a first down play that you're trying to hit him with. So the interception happens, uh, as you heard Gene and Dave call it. And so once again, the Buccaneers are forced back 
on defense. And the Seattle Seahawks start moving the ball again, and maybe they're going to get momentum. Down 14-3. But ultimately here, Geno Smith careless with the ball on a scramble. And the Buccaneers get a crucial takeaway with Seattle trying to score. Second down goal from the eight-yard line, moving left. Smith kicks the leg, takes the snap, belt high, looks to his left. He's going to run by design, spins off a tackle in the backfield. He's lassoed and dropped. Roll off. Fumble football. Fumble football. Bucks have it. Do the Bucks have it? We do. First takeaway of the month. And the Bucks have stopped the Seattle Seahawks inside the 10-yard line. We called that name Devin White over and over and over again in this one, and that stopped a 10-play, 71-yard drive. The first Buccaneer takeaway in five games. Get back to those takeaways. A huge one. Anthony Nelson fell on the ball. And I know this team misses Shaq Barrett rushing the quarterback, etc. But man, what a great job to stop that drive. All right, the Bucs then go back on the move. A completion to Chris Godwin. And then late in the third quarter, here's Rashad White helping set things up. First down 10 at the 28-yard line. Brady hands the ball off. Rashad White slashes it away across the 30, outside the numbers 40, to the 45, to the 50. Shoves a tackler down. He's stuck out of bounds at the Seahawks 42. Not only does he have shifty, nifty moves, but he shoved a guy away from him. And that was Quandre Diggs, their leading tackler of the day. The rookie out of Arizona State with a 29-yard run, the longest run of the season, by the way, as the Buccaneers move into scoring range here on this drive. And again, he continued to run decisively. He at times was using patience to find the hole and then exploding through the hole. Seattle's front seven did not have answers. Did not have answers. The Bucs ran for more yards on Sunday than they had in any game going back to game number one with the Dallas Cowboys. They ran effectively and eventually got inside the 10-yard line, and that set up this. White swings in motion, empty backfield, Brady looks, Brady looks, Brady looks back to his right, toes to the left, it is caught! Touchdown Tampa Bay, Ryan Chris Godwin! Touchdown Buccaneers, we lead 20-3! Crowd roared in Munich! Hello, Chris Godwin. First touchdown of the season comes in the 10th game of the season after that horrific knee injury a year ago, late in the year against New Orleans. Chris is mostly back. You'll hear from him in a few minutes on our Hooters postgame show, but he definitely was ready to make some plays, did make some plays in this game, and there's that touchdown. Sweet for him and a 21-3 lead. Now, the Seahawks obviously would begin to make some plays themselves. Give Geno Smith credit. I knocked him in our pregame show. Dave Moore, for one of the rare times, is kind of looking at me. What are you saying? I just believed he was going to throw an interception. I kept waiting for that after the fumble. Where's the Geno Smith interception? Where's the Geno Smith that we saw that the New York Jets didn't want anymore, that the uh, New York Giants didn't want anymore? I believe it was, what, the Chargers? He was on their bench as well as the Seattle bench. Well, Geno was making some plays, including this one. Here's the snap. Tried to get to him. Flushed out of the pocket. Gino throws toward the end zone. Caught ball. Touchdown, Seahawks. Their first touchdown of the game. Tyler Lockett. Got a step on the defender. And Gino Smith started to run, then stopped, pulled the trigger, and threw a dart good for six. Tyler Lockett's 21-yard touchdown got them on the board. Eventually, though, the Buccaneers stopped the two-point conversion. They keep the game at 21-9. And then this was one of the rare mistakes we've seen Tom Brady make in the fourth quarter where the Buccaneers are trying to protect the lead. And you really got the feeling here that the Seahawks were going to make something happen. Second down eight, Brady takes the snap of the gun. Throws a dart. It's intercepted at the 45-yard line. Picked off at the 45. Tackle made. Tony Barton, linebacker, dropped back into coverage. And Brady did a no-no. 
Second turnover by the Bucks in this game. Second interception. And the Seahawks celebrate on the far side of the field. Their fans go crazy. Brady's interception. He just didn't see the linebacker reading his eyes over the middle trying to find Mike Evans. Uh, so the Seahawks took advantage of that. They got the, uh, the interception. They converted a fourth down. And then uh, Smith threw an outstanding pass to Goodwin in the corner of the end zone that he hung on to and made the play. But in the end... The Buccaneers got the ball back one more time, got some big completions. Rashad White got the big run at the end, and the young man got down on the ground, did a great job of uh, of, of falling down but rather than going and getting the touchdown because you didn't need any more points. You just needed to kneel on the ball. And the celebration from Tom Brady and Mike Evans said it all near midfield right after that play because they knew they were going to get the win. They had run the clock out. They had forced the Seahawks to use all of their timeouts. And again, a 21-16 victory. Go all the way to Munich, Germany and get the win over Seattle. Send them home on a dejected flight and establish yourselves that you can play. You play like that week in and week out. You can play with anybody in the in the NFC. Now, you can maybe talk, can you play with the Chiefs like that? Can you play with the Bills, who suffered a disastrous, heartbreaking loss to the Vikings but still look like one of the elite teams? Can you beat the Ravens? who beat you last week. I mean, the, the best teams in the AFC, are you going to be able to beat them? Uh, the Miami Dolphins look good if you were to play them down the road in, in Super Bowl 57. I know Super Bowl's a long way away, but right now for the NFC, whether you're talking about the Cowboys who you've already beaten, I know there's all this talk about the Eagles, but the Bucks have owned the Eagles as of late, and Brady has owned the Eagles throughout his career. But that Seahawks team was leading the West. What about the Minnesota Vikings? What about the New York Giants? That Seahawks team had beaten the Giants, comparing scores. So give the Buccaneers credit to get this win, to kneel on the ball at the end and get the win, 21-16. When it was over, we went into the Buccaneer victorious locker room and our Hooters postgame show. First up, Chris Godwin on how sweet it was. You'll hear from him. You'll hear from Rashad White from both of them in our postgame coverage here. Godwin on the touchdown catch, White on the 100-yard day. This team comes some 5,000 miles to Germany and gets a win. That's the most important thing. Tell me about how you gutted it out for 60 minutes as a team. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you put it uh, perfectly right there. We just gutted it out for 60 minutes. Um, you know, we, we had some diverse play calling. The defense came ready to play. But I think overall, you know, we came out aggressive on both sides of the football. Um, and I think that really showed. Why did you have the success in the second quarter with the two long drives? The run game got established. Was that part of it? What else with two 80-plus yard touchdown drives to establish a 14-0 lead? Um, I think the run game was probably the biggest thing for us, um, you know, really establishing that. I think we all were, were really committed to that, and we, we started to have some success, start getting some, some short passes, some long passes, mix it in with the run. Um, it, was, it was a uh, really balanced game for us. Describe your touchdown in the third quarter, which ends up being the difference in the game ultimately. Tell me what you saw, and Tom had to kind of stay with that play, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really just, you know, I just ran like an out route, um, and the play had to develop a little bit, but, you know, it, it came open pretty quickly. Um, we put the cornerback in a bind. Uh, he had to pick between me and Mike, and he covered Mike. So it was like, wow, it was open for me. Um, then he just make the play. You have been through so much to rehab and to get back. I know we come all the way to Munich, Germany, Chris. How sweet is it to get the first touchdown after all of this and help win the game in Germany? Yeah, man, uh, it's, it's beautiful. You know, football is a very tough game. Um, like you said, I've, I've been through a lot, and, I, and, and it's, gonna, it's a, a continual process. You know, I'm still working. still working to get back to my form. But this is a, a really, really big step in the right direction. I'm just grateful to have, to have been a part of this victory. 
And one more, again, this team at three and five, a lot of people asking questions. Now you go into a bye week with back-to-back -back wins. And what was this like to come here this week and this scene out here? There are a lot of Buccaneer fans that are just hearing us at lunchtime back in Tampa, getting out of church, whatever. What was this like? Uh, it was it was amazing. Um, the atmosphere was, you know, what was second to none, man. The, the German fans, they, they really came out. Um, there's a lot of Bucks fans here. But you know they were they were really excited for their first NFL uh, experience and and they showed out and they and they brought the energy. And you did as well. Congratulations! Great playing, great win for this team. Thank you, Chris Godwin. Yep. Thank you, guys. Six catches, 61 yards for him. We will keep it right here on the Hooters postgame show in a victorious Buccaneer locker room and come over to Rashad White. We are live here, Rashad, on Buccaneers Radio. A 100-yard rush day for you today. Officially, 22 carries, 105. I know we got the offensive line right here within earshot. Can you say enough about establishing the run and the holes that these guys opened up for you? Uh, nah, man, you're really speechless when you you go back and you see what these guys did. But and I mean, you're just blessed, man. I'm like very grateful of these guys. I'm very grateful of the team. Uh, we just coming together, rallying after taking three, you know, losses and, and, and winning two back back to back. And, you know, we came in with the same goal, the same mindset. Uh, this is something we've been, um, you know, trying to figure out and things like that. So, man, hats off to my old linemen and also my receivers and, and guys like that. You see a lot of them blocking downfield and getting safeties and doing their job. The 88-yard touchdown drive that gives you the initial 7-0 lead, that really set the tone. And we saw Donovan Smith animated saying, keep feeding the backs, keep feeding you, keep feeding Leonard. Did it become an attitude as this game went on? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we know what we want to do. Every time we try to run the ball, we run it with attitude. Um, uh, you just see everybody kind of gel together. I mean, some things we can fix. It's probably some holes that I miss, um, things like that. But it was just great to see everybody come together and, and play for one another. Okay, a fun one. I was just asking Chris Godwin this. We come all the way 5,000 miles to Germany. I know you're a rookie. What was this like to play in front of that crowd, that atmosphere, and get a win? Uh, for me, it was it was a blessing. Uh, I was just grateful for the opportunity. Uh, football has uh, brought me a lot of places in my life, and to think it would be bring me to Germany, I would say that'd be insane. So it was a blessing. We loved the crowd. We loved the energy. Uh, you know, we wouldn't change nothing, you know, nothing for the world, but we was just blessed, man. It was great energy, the booze. We appreciate everything. We just appreciate them being in tune with the game. I know this is your first year here, but you're around one of the greatest players to ever play this game, Tom Brady, and he was on again today for the most part, 19 of 24 to begin the game. Long touchdown drive. Say more about being with that guy, not just on game day, but during the week, the practice field. What is that like? Uh, it's just great, man. You, you got to appreciate things like this. Like you said, you're a rookie, but you got to just appreciate moments like that uh, because, you know, not everybody get this chance and everybody get the opportunities um, to just be around Tom and just all the other guys we're around. But it's just great to soak in knowledge. Uh, he keep leading us, and, and we're going to follow. This team has followed all the way to Germany and gotten a win. Rashad, congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate that. A 21-16 historic win. The first ever regular season game in Germany goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, defeating their expansion rival, the Seattle Seahawks, to do it. And as things progressed on in our postgame show, I wanted to talk some offensive line. Let's hear from Big Donovan Smith. Again, he and Leverett and Hainsey and Mason and Wirfs deserve a ton of credit for the holes they opened, for the protection they had on Tom Brady. It set everything up. Here was Big Donovan Smith after the game. Congratulations on a victory in Germany. Tell me about this one after it's over. How did you guys put it together for four quarters, complete game today? Yeah, no, it was huge. Um, you know, we, we came out, 
we set the standard early, um, and we said that we wanted it on our back, you know. Um, as an offensive line, you know, we had to sit there and, and show what we're capable of. So to be able to get the runs called and make them go, Shad, Lenny, Sneak, doing a great job hitting them holes and, and running, um, you know, it just allowed everything to flow. So shout out to everybody. We saw you animated, signaling to the bench, feed these guys, let's go, let's keep doing that. Did it become an attitude thing, especially with two 80-yard touchdown drives in the second quarter to get the 14-0 lead? Yeah, you know, um, as offensive line, you know, you want to lean on those guys. Uh, the field wasn't great out there, so we felt like we had the advantage to be able to, you know, roll them off the ball. So, you know, it's just kind of one of those things that, you know, you get going, pop off a couple runs, and, you know, you want to keep them going. So. I doubt that we'll be able to run 10 runs in a row, but, <laughs> you know, it was just just something that, you know, we, we want to do to put it on our back. We're capable of getting it done, and that's what we did. We saw veterans stand out in this game on the offense. Julio Jones with a spectacular catch and run. Chris Godwin's first touchdown of the year. Uh, there were some plays obviously being made from the playmakers across the board, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that's what we have. Uh, we got a lot of great talent in this in this uh, locker room, you know, both offense and defense, um, a lot of great players. So to be able to get those guys going and, you know, get them doing what they do, uh, it's the best. So, you know, we kind of just push and keep going, you know, stack two in a row. Let's go for three. Love that. All right, one more fun one for a lot of the Buccaneer fans. They've been at church, et cetera. They are just finding out about this. Uh, post game, etc. What was this like to come to Germany, make history, be the first NFL team to win a regular season game in Germany? What was the experience like? Yeah, no, it was great. Um, definitely a blessing uh, for sure. You know, I probably wouldn't say that I would have gone to Germany outside of coming here. So, you know, but it's a nice country. Uh, everybody here, you know, they showed us love, a lot of great hospitality. Um, you know, the fans here, it was rocking. Um, you know, it was hard to hear out there, but, you know, we loved every bit of it and glad that we was able to put on a show and get out with a win. As you can imagine on our Hooters postgame show, a happy head coach as well. Todd Bowles thrilled with uh, the victory and getting back to the 500 mark, still leading the NFC South. Here is our postgame conversation with the coach. The smile is here again, all the way in Germany, 5,000 miles away. The win is the most important thing. Is it fair to say this is as complete a game as this team has played this season or certainly one of them? It started out that way, yes, for probably three and a half quarters. I would say, yes, it was. Uh, it was a great team victory. The offense held the ball. The defense started out the game fast. Uh, we got to learn to finish. But as a team, to come out against a good team and play in this atmosphere was great for us. Let's go back to that first half. You had an 88-yard drive, the second longest of the season. You had another 80-plus yard drive. You scored touchdowns on both of those. In talking to the players in there, they were talking about attitude, establishing the run, getting the lead. I see you nodding. That wasn't the whole game, but it was important to the start of this game, wasn't it? Yes, the biggest thing we talked about the night before the game was hungry, you know, staying hungry, being hungry. Even we showed a video of staying hungry, you know, as, as highlight video. So these guys came out with an attitude and a mindset that they were going to be aggressive and be hungry all over on both sides of the ball. We knew if we won the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, we have a good chance to win this game. Julio Jones gets your first touchdown. I know Buccaneer fans have been eager for him to see him make plays like what we've seen throughout his career. Again, it's all the way back in the second quarter of the game, but it was an explosive play that gave you guys a boost. From your perspective, what did you see on the catch and run? Well, he ran a crossing route, and he ran away from zone coverage. I think they were playing man on the other side, and it was just clear sailing for him. And you see the jets he turned on, so he, he's getting healthier and healthier, and he looked good at doing it. 
Your defense really locked down the Seattle Seahawks for much of this game. Devin White uh, unofficially nine tackles, two sacks, as well as a forced fumble in this game. Why were you having so much success defensively against a Seattle team that came in uh, with a 6-3 and three record having done very well on offense? The biggest thing was controlling the line of scrimmage. We thought everything went through Kenneth Walker. Uh, obviously, he's an outstanding running back at Michigan State, so it was a big challenge for us to eliminate him and, and just try to make us beat us one way. So the biggest focus was trying to eliminate the run game and make him throw. We did that for the most part, but we got to make plays at the end. You continued to make plays. Seattle's trying to mount a comeback in the second half. You get down in the red zone and eventually get a touchdown to Chris Godwin. Tell me more uh, about that young man and that play because it ends up being large. It ends up being the margin of victory, the Godwin touchdown from Britain. It was huge for us, you know, because they were coming back close. They were fighting. We knew they were going to have a chance to come back. Uh, Pete keeps his guys ready for us to get that touchdown at that point in time, gave us a little bit of cushion. And the offense, again, the whole game were moving the ball in the ground and in the air. And it was a great total effort on their part. All right, Rashad White, another one, a 100-yard game for him. I know Leonard Fournette had success too, but Rashad White gets a 100-yard game, your first one for an individual back since week one. Something about him real quick. He's a good football player. It's a lot what we saw when we drafted him. Uh, very smart, very heady, outstanding feet and vision. Uh, he's tough. He can carry it. He can throw it. He can block. You know, and he came in and had a chance to show what he can do, and he did it. And finally, just real quick, you come all the way to Germany and get the win. There are a lot of happy Buccaneer fans early afternoon that are listening to this. Message to them about the Bucks getting a win and getting to 5-5 five and five in Germany here. We didn't come out here to go sightseeing, so we came out here to take care of business. We did that. We're going to take some time off and get healthy and get ready for the stretch run. Well deserved, Coach. Thank you. Congratulations. Appreciate it. Thank you. 21-16 on a Sunday night in Munich and early Sunday afternoon in the Tampa Bay area. First ever international win, guys. After three losses in England, who knew we had to go to Deutschland, as I said? To, uh, to be able to get that victory, but the Bucks were able to do that. Let's hear some more. Now from Tom Brady on the victory, what it meant, the team rallying around. Here is TB12 with the media in Germany Sunday night. Yeah, that was one of the great uh, football experiences I've ever had. So says a lot for 23 years in the league and for a regular season game, and I think the fan turnout was incredible. It felt like uh, very electric from the time we took the field. So uh, at the end of the game with them singing – Sweet Caroline and uh, Country Row, that was, that was pretty epic. So I think everyone who was a part of that experience uh, got, to, got to have something pretty, uh, pretty amazing memory for their life. So thank you for hosting us. We appreciate it. Thank you. I think it's always pretty cool when you, uh, the team kind of travels together and you know, hangs out for two or three days and can really lock in on what our job is. So. You know, we've got a lot of games that kind of feel like, uh, you know, when you're in a long season, not that they feel redundant, but you've done them so many times, you kind of feel the routine. And this is uh, obviously outside of our comfort zone to a degree and a uh, long flight, but that wasn't a big deal because it was a great flight and you had great accommodations here. And uh, I think everyone got a chance to see the city a little bit, but most importantly, we were here to try to play and win a football game, which you know, I thought we did a lot of great things out there. So it wasn't perfect, but I think the, the best part is winning the game and feeling like we made some improvements. And um, we have a bye week now, so we can take a little bit of time to refresh and get ready to you know, make a big push and figure out kind of some of the things we haven't done well the first 10 weeks of the year and 
see how we can get better. Yeah, Rashad did a great job, and uh, the big guys up front played really well. That was as good an effort as we've had by that entire group. Um, a lot of guys made plays in the past game. Mike made them, Chris made them, Cade made them, um, Julio made them. So everyone, everyone did a great job kind of spreading the ball around to different people, and uh, it's what we're going to have to keep doing. I mean, it's, um, you know, hopefully we can keep building on it. Third down conversions and red zone were both really big for you guys, and those are areas you really Yeah, they were better. I, I think there's still room for improvement, obviously. Um, you know, the two, we, we, we had a chance on the first drive, got a holding penalty, and then ended up not getting the field goal. And then we had the interception, um, you know, uh, two, two interceptions. So one with Lenny and one with me. So cut down on our turnovers. We a little better on third down, a little better, better. Certainly, if we run the ball better, I think we give ourselves a great chance to win uh, going forward. So um, it makes it a lot easier for all of us when the run game does what it's doing and what did what it did today and uh, just really proud of everyone really coming together understanding how important that was for us and uh, figuring out a way to get a win. I wasn't very close today unfortunately that corner is a former college receiver who jumps a lot higher than me and is much more athletic I was hoping to be wide open and I probably was on the first one and uh, I think they were pretty clued on the second one. They said, cover him, cover him. And I was on the sideline. And I tried to yell, Lenny, no, but it was too late. And uh, the ball went up in the air. And I was trying to just, whatever, jump up and knock it down. But I ended up falling on my face. And I counted. I already did. I was like, oh, my God. I know. That, that would have been pretty fun. Yeah, that would have been fun. I think I've had a few catches. Um, never had a touchdown, though. I'm not telling you. It's a surprise when I get home. Yeah, she's she's uh, she, she'll be home waiting, so she'll be sleeping when I get home. But I got something for her. Tom, are you? Do you see similarities to this team that two years ago when you started from slowly, got the boy week, and then kicked it here? I mean, I think everyone would love to think that you know, uh, what it was like two. Everything's totally different than two years ago. Just like. Most things in everyone's lives, everything's pretty different than a couple of years ago. So you just, every year is a different year. And, um, you know, you got to take your strengths and weaknesses. You got to build on them. You got to work hard. And um, we have a very different group of players this year. And uh, we're going to keep fighting hard. We're going to try to do what's right every time we take the field and, um, you know, try to keep going to get wins. What did you feel when you had the field? Uh, were you able to enjoy the, the, the people or were you still on focus for the game? No, that was one of the great experiences I've ever had. You know, I played at Wembley twice. I played in a Stadium Azteca in Mexico, which was another amazing experience. And then this is uh, this is as good as it gets. So to just travel to around the world and see, um, you know, kind of the welcoming from, you know, even around town, there was a lot of really cool fanfare. And then driving in today, it looked like there was a lot of excitement. So by the time we got on the field for warm-ups, you know, the stadium was basically full. And, uh, you know, he just gets everyone hyped up. And hopefully we you know, kind of entertained everyone. That was, our, that was our goal coming out here. And one more conversation out of our post-game coverage. Uh, again, to the media, Julio Jones, who had that explosive catch and run. We've been waiting to see that kind of Julio Jones, and I know he's had an injured knee. They've been trying to rest it. It's been swelling. Uh, Julio was explosive in this game and, and shut a lot of people up with the catch and run that you heard Todd Bowles talking about a little while ago, and you heard... Uh, Tom Brady talking about it. I mean, that's the kind of play that can energize a team, and it did. Here was Julio Jones after this game was over. 
Um, it felt great um, doing whatever I can do to basically just help my team, you know, my team out, um, and to get things going. Um, my number was called early. Um, Try to make a play. I was wide open, so I was just like, I got to score. I got to do something with it. <laughs> yep, we did. Um, I felt like we had a great team win today. Um, all phases. Uh, we moved the ball around a lot. We ran the ball effectively. Um, it's just a great team win today. Um, I loved it. Um, I loved the energy um, here in Germany. Um, the fans, they was amazing. Um, just the whole atmosphere. Like, we really don't get the opportunity to play, you know, 80-something. What it was? I can't remember. I don't know. 60, 69,000. 69,811, right? I saw it. But, like, those type of crowds... Um, I mean, it's amazing, um, and it's just people who just love the sport and just love, you know. So um, the energy was really, really good. Um, they kept us into the game. It wasn't a dull moment. Um, I love the way they chanted. They stayed together in unison. So I mean, it was just it, overall, it was amazing. Um, I haven't thought about it like that, you know. I was just trying to help my team, you know, win the game. But I think I think it's amazing, um, and I also feel like, you know, just the atmosphere out here. Um, we can continue to keep coming out here and playing because, like I said, I love the fans. I love the atmosphere. Um, it's, it's always good to play in front of um, an audience like that. And as players, as football players, and things like that, and as coaches as well, just to be able to come out and play in front of, like I said again, like the atmosphere is amazing. Um, like I said, I just feel like it was a, you know, it contributed from um, every position. The offensive line did an amazing job for us today, um, moving the line of scrimmage. Um, Rashad, Lenny, I mean, Sneak, a lot of guys has got the ball, got opportunities um, in the run game, passing game, um, and we're able to, you know, um, do way better, move the ball around with it, throwing and passing. Uh, as you can see today, it just felt effortless um, when we got there together, moving the units. A victory over the Seattle Seahawks, 21-16. What an atmosphere uh, there at, uh, at Allianz Arena, the home of Bayern Munich, one of the most elite, iconic soccer franchises in all of Europe and all of the world, really, with the likes of uh, Manchester United, Barcelona, FC Barcelona, uh, Real Madrid, all these different uh, soccer teams. And, and uh, man, for, for the... Buccaneers to go into their stadium and get that win. It was something special for sure. All right, something special here. If you've waited all the way to the end, thank you for doing so on Nothing But Bucks. Before this game began, it's a rare opportunity to talk with the commissioner of the National Football League, Roger Goodell. We did so on 98 Rock, Buccaneers Radio. Let's bring that back now as part of the podcast, the conversation taking place about the atmosphere, about Germany, and more. On this edition of Around the NFL, we get to say hello and welcome and thank you to Commissioner Roger Goodell as the NFL has come to Germany. We are live here on Buccaneers Radio. This is some scene. Better than me saying it. Please tell us what, you, what you're taking in here as this game gets ready to get played in a little while. Well, TJ, it's been uh, an incredible week for us. Uh, you know, the fans here in Munich and all over Europe and, frankly, uh, all over the world, have come in for this game, and it's um, it's created a lot of excitement here. Uh, we have great fans here, 
Um, the facilities are extraordinary. The stadium's great. The lineup outside, uh, you can't believe the number of people waiting outside. So it's all in all, it's just been a great experience for us. When the pandemic was ending and the restrictions were ending, take me through what this process was like to select Germany, to select Munich, and to eventually work this out. It's not something that obviously happened in a week, but take <laughs> us through what that was like to get us to today. Well, it actually has happened over 32 years. Uh, you know, when we first played in Germany, it was a, an American Bowl game back in 1990, and yours truly uh, was working on that as a point person. And it just... Uh, you know, the investment through NFL Europe and the World League, you know, is, is all of that has really created a tremendous fan base here for us. And this was um, nine cities that bid for this to host this here in Germany. Uh, we got it down to three, and then um, we're going to play in both Frankfurt and Munich for the next four years on an alternating basis. I was just going right there with that. This is going to be the first, apparently, of several. And we need to elaborate on that because the Frankfurt team had a tremendous amount of success in NFL Europe, but you also were in Berlin, you were in Rhine, and in other places in Germany where American football has been huge for three or four decades. It really has. Um, it's, it, you know, and I think it even goes back to our presence with our military here. You know, a lot of um, Germans talk about that, that they had their first exposure to football back several decades ago before we were here because the military bases here were playing it actively. But, it, you know, they've engaged with this. I, we just went to one of the famous pubs uh, before I got over here, and you, you just can't believe the number of fans that are here just having a fun time. And last night we were at a reception. They said, uh, you know, the, the crowds here are as big as Oktoberfest, which is really extraordinary for us. Yes, we were with the Buccaneer fans and dignitaries, et cetera, at the Hofbra House. That's uh, where downtown. we were. It was, yeah. I, I, we can't oversell how how amazing and crazy that was it, for american football in a foreign country yeah it really is and and uh the wonderful thing and the and your fans should know this uh the the owner of the institution the october house right mm -hmm. uh said uh that the fans were spectacular well behaved uh pleasant you know wonderful fans and so i you know i'm proud of our fans for that but it's, it really just shows you that this game has such a great potential on a global basis. And to pick up on that point, you are in other parts of the world, Australia, China. You've already been playing games, obviously, in England, Europe, also in Mexico. It has become more of a global game, no question. There's, there is no question about it. And, you know, our, our hope is to make it even a greater global game. Uh, you know, we want to we wanna expand uh, the number of games. We want to expand our reach through media primarily. Uh, but we see when we bring a game and when we bring, you know, an understanding of this, uh, this wonderful game, uh, people really wrap their arms around it. And finally, I know you're not taking sides. We're obviously on Buccaneers <laughs> Radio. We want a competitive game. We want an electric atmosphere. I think we're going to probably get both of those coming up here in a little while on this field in Munich. I think so also. You know, this whole season has been full of competitive games. You know, we have two teams here who are fighting for their division lead and, and obviously want to get to the Super Bowl and both have a good shot at it. So uh, I, I think we'll see great football today. I love this. You and I, I jogged your memory, did this on the field at Wembley for the Bucks' first international <laughs> game in 2009. From one father of twins to the other father of twins, it's great to see you again at an international game 13 years later in Germany. Commissioner Roger Goodell, thank you. It's great to see you too, TJ. Hopefully it won't be 13 more years. So look forward to it.
And it turns out after that conversation, it is a Buccaneer win. Sweet victory. Raise a beer stein. I'm not a drinker, but believe me, there were plenty of others that consumed all the alcohol at that Hofbra house and at the game. What a neat moment. I was right down there and took some video as well. The whole crowd sw- uh, singing Country Road, Take Me Home, John Denver, swaying back and forth. Everybody stayed, folks. The stadium was full. What an atmosphere. It's very festive in European soccer. It's very festive in a lot of settings, and it was there. Just a neat, impromptu moment. That wasn't really planned. They play that song apparently at Oktoberfest and all over Germany. The Germans are very familiar with it. It's kind of like Sweet Caroline as well from Neil Diamond in Europe. It's a very popular song in this case. Country Road with the crowd swaying. What a moment in the final couple of minutes as the Buccaneers ran the clock out. Some scene in the NFL, as the commissioner was saying, will be back there. It won't necessarily just be in Munich, but maybe in Frankfurt where they had the successful NFL Europe team. Maybe as well uh, in Berlin, where they played before in NFL Europe, move move the game around. And I know the Patriots, and I believe it's the Packers, also have territorial rights to play games there. Heck, the Bucks may be back at a later date, too, after that win. I know the Glazer family very instrumental in trying to play games in Germany and expand in Europe. What a win. Take the win, folks, as we wrap it up here on Nothing But Bucks. We've given you a lot of coverage. Again, we scrambled back in the middle of the night. The Buccaneers have the bye week this week. Well-deserved. You may have heard Todd Bowles in the locker room tell the team, see you next Monday. He's going to give them the full week off to rest their bodies, rejuvenate, be smart, be safe, and now get ready to play the Cleveland Browns on the stretch run with seven games to go. The Browns were losers Sunday to the Miami Dolphins, and see, it seems to be a winnable game, but you got to be focused and be ready to go take care of business in Cleveland. Next home game will be the Monday night game with the New Orleans Saints the following week, a couple of weeks from now, Buccaneers and Saints in New Orleans. So we're anxious to see what happens uh, on those next two games with the Buccaneers still currently leading the NFC South right now at 5-5 five and five for the stretch run. All right, great stuff from Germany. Uh, hope you enjoyed the recap of all of it, the festive atmosphere. Would love to go back and see all of that again. For now, though, we're good. Five and five is the record. My thanks to Jason Berenger helping me with highlights and the interviews. Jeff Ryan, our director of broadcasting. We all made it back for Gene and Dave and all of it. We had a great time calling that game. Buccaneers make history, Buccaneer fans. There'll probably be some artifacts going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame after that win in Germany, the first ever regular season win in Germany. It goes the way of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, no nothing but Bucks next week because there's not a game. After the Cleveland game in two weeks, we'll be here on that Monday. And then obviously after the Monday night game with the Saints, we'll be here on that Tuesday. Find us wherever you get podcasts, Buccaneers mobile app, Buccaneers.com, Sirius XM, Buccaneer channel as well. You can find nothing but Bucks. Subscribe, find us. We love that. For now, we are good. Uh, I say Donka again. Thank you. Uh, for finding me here as the Bucks have beat the Seahawks in Germany. And you've been listening to the complete recap with the highlights and more on Nothing But Bucks.